This is Live La Bella Vita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Don Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. And welcome to the Bella Vita Show. I'm Don Catherine, your hostess with the mostess. I hope that you have poured yourself a glass of wine and are ready for another great show with me tonight. If you're listening to me live, thank you for joining me. If you're listening to on, me on a podcast, thanks for downloading me. And uh, if you didn't know you could do that, go to the show page at toginet.com. You can also go to Apple's iTunes. Uh, put in the name of the show, La Bella Vita. Scroll on down to podcasts and hit subscribe. It's free and you can get all my past shows and upcoming shows. And uh, also, if you have a Apple device, you can go to podcasts and you can actually download them from there as well. So go ahead and do that. Uh, tonight, we have lots of stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, first of all, uh, we're going to be talking about Italian pizza. We're going to be talking about an all-woman-owned vineyard in Tuscany. Um, we're also going to be telling you about what's going on in the month of March in Italia. And um, I'm going to tell you about some Italian Easter traditions uh, that I think that are really cool and maybe uh, some traditions that you can pick up on as well. Um, so what is going on in the world? Uh, there's lots going on, obviously. Lots of stuff going on politically, politically. Uh, in the news right now um you know there's lots of um primaries and debates going on it seems like every night i turn on the tv there's another debate i can't even deal with it anymore and i'm a political junkie so that says a lot (laughs) Uh, i just hope that everybody i'm just really waiting for this primary in the state of florida to be over because i'm sick of seeing the commercials so i'm just going to leave it at that Uh, speaking of politics i did want to take this opportunity to say that my thoughts and prayers go out to the reagan family Um, as you may have heard nancy reagan former first lady passed away on Sunday and um, she lived a very long life and I'm really so happy that she's with her beloved Ronnie again because they were such a love story uh, and she loved him very much and it's great that they're back together Uh, I'm sure that everybody that she left behind is sad that she has passed away but take comfort in knowing that he is she is with him Um, I also want to take this opportunity to say rest in peace to Dorian Murray. I'm not sure if you've heard about him, but you probably have because there was a campaign going around. If you were on Twitter or Facebook that you probably saw the hashtag D strong D strong was for Dorian, who was a uh, fighting cancer pediatric cancer and he his last wish when they told him that the chemo wasn't going to help anymore and that he was in the final stages of his life told his dad he just wanted to be famous in china so 
a, a campaign started to make Dorian famous, and basically people from all around the world held up signs that said D Strong. Well, Dorian passed away last night, um, very sad. Uh, he is now an angel. And uh, my heart goes out to his family. They're a very young couple, and they are from my home state of Rhode Island. And I know that Rhode Island is very close-knit community. Everybody knows everybody there. It's one degree of separation there. And uh, it seems like everybody on my Facebook that I'm friends with has some sort of connection to this family. So I just wanted to send my thoughts and prayers because I, it, I think the whole world is uh, a little sad today because he had such a profound impact in such a short amount of time and uh, we're just praying for him so I just wanted to send my condolences to them okay moving on I want to say congratulations to my boy Leonardo DiCaprio who won best actor he won an Oscar finally and I'm super excited that he did um, it's about time as I can say um, but I'm sure that Leonardo is probably not a fan of what I'm about to tell you next and that is that Starbucks has announced it will open its first Italian location in Milan in 2017. Now, it's kind of funny because Italians are known for their obsession with coffee and coffee bars. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out because Italians are very much traditionalists. So it'll be interesting to see if they pick up on the Starbucks obsession that some people have, myself not included, because everybody knows I run on Dunkin'. Um, but the interesting part is that it was the founder, um, Howard Schultz, his a visit to Italy and going to these great uh, coffee bars um, and espresso bars that actually gave him the idea to open Starbucks. So it's kind of full circle moment for him. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if they make it. I know that they're in some of the other parts of uh, in other parts of Europe and have done reasonably well. But uh, let's see if the Italians uh, take a liking. I know for sure that people from the States will be frequenting them, but uh, unfortunately, they should really be going into the Italian coffee bars because it's much better, I promise you. Um, so there's that. Um, and so there's... Uh, a thing about, I told you I was going to tell you about Italian pizza because, you know, uh, Napolitan and pizza making is a craft and uh, they want to distinguish it from other pizzas around the world such as New York pizza and, and they want to... Um, just hone it in. So Italy will put forward the art of Neapolitan pizza making for inclusion in UNESCO's prestigious cultural heritage list this year. After the country's UNESCO commission unanimously confirmed its candidacy, which was proposed by the government, the proposal was boosted by a petition that collected more than 850,000 signatures from the streets of Naples all the way to Japan and Argentina. The selection commission said the art of pizza making was a central element of Neapolitan and Italian identity and a symbol of the brand of Italy around the world. Italy wants the Neapolitan pizza to be distinguished from rivals, like I said, such as New York and Chicago style. Um, and according to the rules set out by the Association of Real Neapolitan Pizza, a genuine Neapolitan pizza dough consists of wheat flour, 
Compressed biologically produced yeast, sea salt and water. The dough must be kneaded by hand or with a low speed mixer. After the rising process, the dough should be formed without the help of a rolling pin or another machine, and it may be no more than three millimeters thick. Real Neapolitan pizza is limited to two types, marinata, which has tomato oil and oregano and garlic, and the margarita, which has tomato oil, mozzarella, uh, grated cheese, and basil. So uh, it's uh, if the pizza makes a cut, it will join the cultural practices such as ancient Georgian traditional winemaking methods, uh, the Slovakian bagpipe culture, uh, Romanians' lad dancing, and Turkmenistan's epic art of goriology. Uh, so it's very interesting uh, that they're going to do this. And there's other traditions that are already on the UNESCO list that are um, Italian-based. Uh, the Sicilian puppet theater, um, Sardinian pastoral songs um, are also... Um, have already been acknowledged by UNESCO. So it'll be interesting. I think, you know, it's very important for pizza, especially Neapolitan pizza, to be recognized because it is the birthplace of pizza and it should have that designation. So I'm crossing my fingers for them so that they get it. Um, And uh, I think this is really funny. So there were these people that uh, basically... um, decided that they were going to take up residence in the um, in a castle. They worked for a castle, and uh, they basically have been living there for $5 to $10 a month because they were in cahoots with the local authorities, and uh, basically they're going to get kicked out. Uh, and through this investigation, they found that some other places, such as certain um, state-owned properties in Roma, were also found to have been illegally or improperly um, collecting fees of very nominal rents for like five to ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars or thirty euro um, for a really nice house in Rome. So it should be interesting to see how that all plays out. But I can just tell you that I really wish that I was the one that was living in a house in Italia for like five euro a month, you know, that wouldn't be so hard to do. So I have to say I'm a little bit on the jealous side of these people, but uh, it seems like they have all got their pink slips and eviction notices and have been told to get the out and uh, they have to do it. So it should be interesting. So there should be some um, houses in some uh, apartments in the areas that I talked about down in uh, one is the summer in Sicily and summer up in Rome that should be available for rent. So hopefully it will go for a fair price and uh, maybe you can go and check it out. But uh, $5, literally five euro for a house right next to a palace. It was uh, the palace was uh, named uh, it was based off the palace of Versailles, and these people were living in houses that were adjoined to that property. Could you imagine? And they had like full access to the whole property. Unbelievable! I wish it was me. Uh, my style icons, my incantados, what has me spellbound? Of course. Uh, I have to talk about the Oscars. I thought that the fashion this year at the Oscars was impeccable. There was really no good, you know, nobody kind of surprised me or nobody disappointed me. 
everybody looked phenomenal, but I have to say that I'm going to give the award, this Fashion Icon Award this year to Chrissy Teigen, who is really pregnant, and she was literally sewn into her Marquesa gown, um, like literally hours before the ceremony. I'm sure that you've seen it. It was embroidered, red, low cut. She looked gorgeous. I mean, she's amazing. So uh, hands out to her. And uh, so anyway, when we get back from break, like I said, I'm going to be talking about Italy's first all-women vineyard, which is also going to be our wine pick. I'm going to show, tell you which one I think you should try out. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, what you might want to see in Italy coming up in the month of March. Lots of activities going on, obviously, for the Easter holiday, the Ides of March uh, you might not know about that, so I'm going to tell you about that, too. So uh, when we see you on the other side of the break, we'll be talking about that. This is Don Cappen's La Bella Cita show. We will see you on the other side. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. heard about the daring man in Siberia who filmed himself feeding a squabbish brown bear out of his kitchen window? Squabbish is another word for fat and heavy. Brown bears are native to northern Russia, and adult males can grow to 7 feet tall and weigh up to 1,400 pounds. The YouTube video features the man placing chunks of salmon on his windowsill while the bear reaches in and yaffles it down. At one point, when the bear gets greedy, the man goes so far as to gently swat the bear's paw away. Okay, what are some words for a foolish person? A goostrum noodle, a jabbernole, and dottie pole. No word yet as to if the bear said spasiba, which means thank you in Russian. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. And from thence, I had great desire to see Italy, and came to Venice, and 
from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita, and here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. It's Don Catherine. It's the Bella Vita Show. And I'm going to tell you all about Italy's first all-women vineyard. Donatella Colombini is something of a vineyard revolutionary, having opened Italy's first winery run solely by women. She speaks passionately to her guests about the philosophy which governs the Casato Prime Don Winery. Her ancestors first owned the land in the Montalcino area in the 16th century, and recent generations have passed property down the female line. When Colombini inherited the estate from her mother in the late 1990s. She went in search of a staff at Siena's Onology School. They told her that she'd need to wait months to have a good student, but when she said she wanted a female student, they said there were lots because no winery wanted them. So she was explaining that uh, her response was to create Prindon to demonstrate that the discrimination was not justified nor useful. The property now has six hectares of Sangiovese vineyards, producing the area's famous Rosso and Brunello di Malticino wines. They adhere to the strict controls which afford them the quality DOC and DOCG labels, while Colombini's estate is one of 210 producers in the consortium of the Brunello of Montalcino. Bottles, which cost 29 euro, are shipped worldwide with the largest group of both buyers and visitors coming from the United States. The Prime Dome Vineyard sits in the shadow of Montalcino, the picturesque hilltop town, a 25-mile drive south of Siena, whose narrow streets are dominated by shops filled with local wines. The vineyards roll along the surrounding hills while tastings take place in a building surrounded by tanks of fermenting grapes or in the main house where the casks are kept and a comfortable upstairs room affords a place to sit and take in the countryside of Tuscany. Colombini now has taken the all-female concept a step further, producing the Prime Dawn selection, which is chosen each year by tasting panel for women. She has also established an annual prize recognizing female achievement, the Cassato Prime Don International Award, and uh, which the award was awarded to G.S.C. Nicolini, who is the mayor of the southern Italian Isle of Lemtiusa. Uh, she was praised for her response to the Mediterranean refugee crisis. In Tuscany, winemaking has traditionally been a male pursuit, in part due to the physical demands of operating a vineyard. Antonello Marconi, a British-Italian guide who's worked for Cinelli Colombini family since 1989, says that when Prime Down opened, they did not face strong opposition, but it certainly woke people up to the gender imbalance. It was a discrimination in a habit that was so deep-rooted that no one even noticed. 
it made people realize that they'd not been helping equal opportunities because no one ever thought that good wine could be made by women. And I have to say that I really don't agree with that. <laughs> While a number of staff work between Casado Prime Dawn and Cinelli Colomini's second estate, which is Vittoria del Colle, eight women make the Prime Dawn wines. Marconi says she finds women more determined and describes the winery's founder as an inspiration, as well as offering various tours such as a 50-minute wine tastings for $18 euro per person. Prime Dawn has also developed a music route in which wines are paired with songs. I think that's an awesome idea. Other options include a lunch tasting and a little winemaker session in which visitors can try their hand at creating a super Tuscan wine. And everybody who knows me knows I love a super Tuscan wine. And I have never found one that I really didn't love. Um, so after nearly 20 years of running Prime Dawn, Colombini looks forward to women playing an increasingly active role in winemaking, and she says she hopes that women will have more of a voice, more possibility to give their eyes and to, to make decisions. Uh, Casato Prime Don is located at Localita Casato 17 in Siena in Multicino, um, and you can go to their website, cellinicolombini.it, which is C-I-N-E-L-L-I. C-O-L-O-M-B-I-N-I dot I-T. Tastings start at 6 euro and can be requested daily. Uh, they obviously will give you a wine tasting in English, but if you obviously you speak Italian. And they also uh, have people who can speak French and German to you as well. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to them because I think that that was really a... Um, amazing thing to find out that a woman has her, you know, is running successful vineyard in Italy. And uh, so, of course, since I usually give you my wine pick in my Incatatos at the beginning of the show, I have picked out a Casato Prime Dawn wine for you to choose and to uh, look into. Uh, I picked their Brunello di Maltecino Reserva. And uh, it's 100 Sangiovese. It's uh, aged three and a half years in oak barrels. It's dark and brilliantly ruby red. It has an intense, full, rich aroma, rich in spicy notes and hips of ripe, small red fruit. The taste is full, intense, warm, and harmonious. So try that out. Uh, they also have Rosso di Multicino, and um, they also have Brunello uh, Don Selections. So try them out. I think that you will enjoy them. And support women in wine. I think that's great, especially since this is such a new thing. You know, she's been doing it for a little while. But, you know, I hope that this inspires more female winemakers and since yesterday was international women's day i think it's great to recognize a great woman doing a great thing making wine in italy so there you go all right so you know there's lots of wonderful things to do in italy any time of year but march is no exception uh as the, uh, as the year turns to March, Italians look forward to an early Easter this year, and the rebirth of the holiday entails both the soul and the world. Um, there's lots going on. Actually, uh, every Sunday in March uh, is wine in the springtime in Rova Scala in Lombardy. Um, and they have uh, some great wine tasting, so if you want to have some wine and who doesn't want to have too much wine or 
because you can never have too much wine. Hop on a train to Milan and then travel into Lombardy countryside to Robescala every Sunday in March to honor the new season. The small town evolves in a huge open air market dedicated only to the white, pink and red stuff. Surrounded by vineyards created by Bernarda, a wine grape once common to Italy, but now only grown in the hills around the town. Rivascala also hosts an assortment of other events to keep the festival goers happy. Expect concerts, vintage car shows, parades, and all the usual trappings of a Festa della Primavera to welcome you back to the warm weather. So there's that, which is always amazing. Uh, Next up in line, of course, next week on the 15th is the the memorial of Caesar's death. Uh, To commemorate the death of Julius Caesar, cultural events are usually held in the Roman Forum, while a reenactment of his death takes place at the site where he was assassinated, the Torre Argentina. So if you have never been to a reenactment, I think that would be something that would be really interesting to do. So if you happen to be in Rome on March 15th, head on over to the forum. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Ides of March as well. I'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit. Uh, St. Joseph's Day uh, takes place on March 19th. And I can tell you it's a huge holiday here in the United States for Italian-Americans, too, because, as you know, you, if you're Italian like I am, you either have an Uncle Joe or you have a brother named Joe. Everybody's Joe. So uh, everybody who's called Joe loves St. Joseph's Day. Named in honor of Joseph, Jesus's foster father, St. Giuseppe Day honors fathers everywhere. Presents are handed out from child to father and the traditional food of a zeppole. Yum. Uh, or f- deep fried balls of sweetened dough covered in granulated sugar are eaten. Zeppole can sometimes be filled with cream as well. That's the kind we have where I'm from. I think that's more of an Italian-American tradition. Like, that's really our Zeppola. Um, And they're really good. (laughs) Really, really good. Uh, And just so you know that, like, because, you know, everybody gives up sweets during Lent. Of course, Catholics, we always say on Sunday, you can cheat for some reason. I guess we justify it because we went to Mass. And of course, you can just Sunday was your day to cheat. So every Sunday, we would go to the bakery and get Zeppolas during Lent. It was crazy but good we loved it (laughs) so uh if you happen to be in italy go and grab one from a street cart uh they're amazing uh the palio di samare uh in siena on march 20th siena is world famous for its yearly yearly palio between the contrade or districts of the city in this famous event a rider from each contrade mounts a horse to compete for a statue of the virgin mary however touring Torita di Siena's event is much less competitive, mostly by choice uh, of steed. For every year, the town takes to the streets for their own race by donkey's back. While it doesn't make for photo finishes, it does make for an entertaining time. Expect all the pageantry of Siena's more popular palios without any of the stakes. Uh, The Festival of St. Francesca Romana took place today, actually. Uh, St. Francesca Romana was a noblewoman in the 1400s who founded a new order of nuns to visit and take care of the sick. In the 1920s, Pope Pius decided to also name her as the patron saint of driving. Ever since, drivers have brought their cars from Fiat's to Ferraris to her namesake church in Rome, close to Vittoria Emanuel Monument, to have their motives blessed on her feast days. So forget an oil change and take your car to get a holy protection as well as a nice dry ride through the newly greenly hills of Italy. So I hope that if you were in Italy today uh, and you were in Rome that you'd check that out. 
Of course, uh, Easter is coming up, and we're going to be talking to you more about that. I'll be telling you about some really great traditions from the food, uh, an exploding cart, which actually has you know, traditions dating back to Da Vinci himself. We're going to be talking about that. And, uh, of course, some Easter traditions and what the Italians eat and what sweet treats are in, uh, in Italians, especially the Easter eggs. It's all about the eggs, people. It has nothing to do with the eggs that, you know, we eat. It's all about the chocolate eggs, and they're amazing. So we'll be talking about the traditions and everything else coming up. is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. been rock climbing i recently tried rock climbing for the first time while on vacation in colorado i was a total gumby that's slang for a newcomer to the sport as a gumby i was guilty of excessive hang dogging or holding onto the rope instead of grabbing the rocks rappelling also called abseiling is descending down the rock using the ropes as i was climbing up my husband hollered up to me hey there must be a word for this Quick's a tickle, or a foolish, capricious person in the pursuit of ideals came quickly to mind. When I finally got to the top, it started raining, and there I was, literally between a rock and a hard place. What's the word for the fear of high places? Batophobia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Come bella c'è la luna, brilla strette, strette come butto, belle faste già. Sotto celle da Roma. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. 
Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. Hey, it's Don Catherine. Welcome back to the Bella Vita show. Uh, so before we uh, left, I was talking about the uh, things that we can do in Italy in March. And a lot has to do this year in particular with... Uh, the Feast of Easter, because it is on uh, March 27th this year. Uh, but before we go into that, I want to talk to you about the Ides of March. Um, as you know, uh, March 15th uh, is the Ides of March. It's a day on the traditional Roman calendar that corresponds to that date, the 15th. It's most commonly associated with the assassination of Julius Caesar. The Roman calendar did not number days of an individual month sequentially from first to last as it's done today rather than sequential numbering. The Romans count backwards from specific points of the month. There were three specific points that they counted back from, the nuns, the ides, the 13th and 15th, and the calends, the first of the following month. The ides typically occurred at month's midpoint, specifically on the 15th in March. The ides were intended to be determined by the full moon. Uh, the Ides of March became well-known and notorious as the official date of Julius Caesar's assassination in the year 44 BC. Caesar's assassination was the result of a conspiracy by a coalition of Roman senators. At the time of his assassination, Caesar was a dictator of the Roman Republic, and the senators feared his power and that he might overthrow them in favor of general tyranny. He was murdered near the Theater of Pompey, where the Senate was meeting on the Ides of March. Before Caesar went to the Theater of Pompey to attend the Senate meeting, he had been given advice not to go, but he did not listen. Doctors had advised him not to go for medical reasons, and his wife also didn't want him to go based off the troubling dreams that she had. Caesar's assassination transformed Roman history, and it was a central event in marking the transition from the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire. His assassination resulted directly in the Liberator's Civil War, which was waged to avenge his death. With Caesar Gorn, the Roman Republic did not last long and was eventually replaced by the Roman Empire, which approximately lasted 500 years. The initial two centuries of the Roman Empire's existence were known to be a time of supreme and unprecedented uh, stability and prosperity. The time period came to be known as Roman peace. The Ides of March was also a day of religious observations on the Roman calendar. Uh, Julius Caesar's... Uh, Assassination uh, is an event that will take place, uh, a reenactment will take place in Rome. Uh, there's also another Roman festival that takes place that same day for Anna Perina, was uh, a Roman deity of the full circle of the year. Her festival originally concluded the ceremonies of the new year, as March was the first month of the year on the original Roman calendar. Thus, Perina's festival was celebrated enthusiastically by common people with picnics, eating, drinking games, and general, general revelry. Um, Ovid, a poet and contemporary of Rome's first emperor, Augustus, wrote a collection of Greek myths in Latin called the Metamorphosis. In this monumental piece of Latin literature, Ovid explains that Anna Perina was a sister of the tragic, lovesick, suicided Carthaginian queen Dido, familiar to Romans from the Aenid which was written by another Augustan age poet, Virgil. Uh, 
So uh, if you were going to be in Rome, check out the Anna Perina Festival and also the festival commemorating the assassination of Julius Caesar. And, of course, if you're there at any time, you can see uh, the spot where Caesar was uh, killed. Uh, people till this day, if you go by there, they lay flowers. And um, I've been there around March, around this exact time on spring break uh, with my college years ago. And uh, especially during the time of his death, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of flowers laid uh, at that very spot. So there you have it. Um, so now that I dropped some knowledge on the Ides of March, you can school people because most people don't even know what it's about. Um, so Easter is coming up, and it's not exactly a secret that Easter is a major holiday in Italy. After all, nearly 90% of the country self-identifies as Roman Catholic. But is, Easter isn't celebrated the same way everywhere, and the boot-shaped country has its own sets of traditions around one of Christianity's biggest holidays. From family to fireworks, here are things that you didn't know about Easter in Italy. Uh, there's no Easter bunny. The Easter bunny does not exist in Italy, so there are no chocolate bunnies with ears begging to be bitten off. And Italy is all about eggs, the symbol of rebirth and renewal. Italians go all out with chocolate eggs, which can range from tiny little solid ones to beautifully wrapped foot-high hollow eggs, which hide a gift inside. For children, you can buy chocolate eggs stuffed with a surprise toy, while for adults, there are really ready-made chocolate eggs containing such treats as costume jewelry or designer sunglasses inside. And if anybody really wants to, I would love to get a foot-high chocolate egg with a nice pair of Gucci sunglasses or Prada, whatever your flavor is. I'd be more than happy to get one. So just FYI. Um, most chocolate shops in Italy will custom stuff a chocolate egg. The customer brings the gift to the shop, anything from an engagement ring to black lace or lingerie. Uh, and waits for it to be enclosed within the two halves of the chocolate eggs, which is kind of cool. Uh, Easter celebrations are just not family affairs. Uh, there's a popular expression in Italy, which basically translates to spend Christmas with your family, but Easter with whom, whatever you want. Of course, no Italian will want to miss his or her known as Easter feast, but Italians use the holiday to reach out to friends too for a cafe or a glass of wine. Uh, the traditional Easter cake Colomba is the word for dove, and it's also the name of a dove-shaped yeast cake traditionally served at Easter. It's studded uh, with candied, uh, candied orange peels and then topped with almonds and a sprinkling of sugar to form a crisp, nutty crust. Numerous myths around the Colomba cake. According to one particular dramatic story, the city of Milan was defending itself against invaders on Easter Day in 1176, just when the Milanese seemed destined to lose the battle, three doves flew over the city. Soon after, the battle shifted and the invaders were vanquished. Legend holds that after the victory, the Milanese celebrated by eating cake shaped like their savior doves. So that is the tradition behind that. Uh, the Naples classic sweet Easter wheat pie. Another tradition, traditional Easter dessert that's popular in Naples and southern Italy is pastiera, a regatta and whole grain pie with mouth-watering aroma so distinctive any blindfolded Neapolitan could instantly identify it. And I grew up on these pies, just to let you know. Pastiera is considered by many one of Italy's most important desserts. It's prepared in special pans who edges angle out slightly. The pie is often given away as a gift in 
always in the pan it was baked in because of its fragile pastry. The pie needs to rest for two days for the flavors to meld, so it's traditionally finished on Good Friday so that it will be ready for Easter. Pastilleria has become so popular it is now available year-round in Naples. Um, we called this uh, somewhat of a regatta pie, um, which I know is not, but I think the Italian-American basically call it a regatta pie. They don't really call it um, the pastilleria. So... There you go. Um, in Umbria, Easter cake for lovers, the caramacola is spicy lemon cake tinged a pale red, frosted with fluffy white meringue, and dusted with colorful sprinkles is Umbria's Easter offering. It is customary for women to give one to her lover or fiancé on Easter morning as a symbol of her love. With its red-tinged cake and white frosting, the dessert matches the color of Umbria's capital, the city of Perugia. To be truly classic, the color sugar should be a mix of yellow, green, and blue, which represents some of Perugia's best features. Yellow for the wheat fields, green for the mountains, and blue for Lake Trasimino nearby. So, all right. So now we're going to go to, uh, those are just some of the little traditions, especially some of the uh, sweet things that you can have on Easter. But here's some of the different things, activities that you can plan to find if you're going to be traveling to uh, Italy during the Easter holiday. There's so many different things that are done in various parts of the country, various traditions, and they all have special meetings. Uh, but Good Friday and Easter week processions, solemn religious processions are held in many towns on the Friday or Saturday before Easter and sometimes on Easter Sunday. Many churches have special statues of the Virgin and Jesus that play a big part in the processions. The statues may be paraded through the city or displayed in the main square. Parade participants are often dressed in traditional ancient costumes. Olive branches are often used instead of or along with palm fronds in the processions and to decorate churches. And Anna in Sicily has a large procession on Good Friday with more than 2,000 friars dressed in ancient costumes walking through the streets of the city. Trapani, also in Sicily, is a good place to see processions held several days during Holy Week. Their Good Friday procession, Mysteri di Trapani, is 24 hours long. These processions are very, very dramatic. I can tell you I know people who have been to these that particular um, festival and um, procession, rather, and have said that it is extremely emotional and um, just... Is very solemn and somber, and like you can literally just hear a pin drop. Like nobody talks. It is all about just participating and taking in these processions that are coming by. Um, what's believed to be the oldest Good Friday procession in Italy is in Chieti in the Abruzzo region. The procession with Selicki's Miseri, played by one one hundred violins, is a very moving procession. Uh, some towns, such as Montefalco in Gualdo Tadino in Umbria, have live scenarios during the night of Good Friday or plays enacting the Stations of the Cross or Via Crucis. Candlelight processions are held in Umbria in hill towns such as Orvieto in Assisi. Uh, Good Friday and Easter with the Pope in Rome and St. Peter's. While Easter Mass will be held in every church in Italy, the biggest and most popular Mass, of course, is held in St. Peter's Basilica by Pope. Francis. 
On Good Friday, though, the Pope celebrates via crucis or stations of cross in Rome near the Colosseum, where there's a procession. A huge cross with burning torch lights the sky as the stations of the cross are described in several languages. At the end, the Pope gives his blessing. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the crazy things that happen in Florence on Easter Sunday. And like I promised you, it literally has a Da Vinci connection. So when you come back from the other side of the break, we'll talk about that. We'll see you on the other side. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Besame, besame mucho. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. 
Welcome back. It's Don Catherine. It's the Bella Vita Show. We are talking about traditions in Italy for Easter. And as I promised you, I am going to tell you all about a wonderful celebration uh, that takes place in beautiful Firenze, a.k.a. Florence, Italy. A huge explosion will be detonated on Easter Sunday in front of the magnificent green and white marbled neo-Gothic church in Florence's Centro Storico. Instead of running in fear from a terrorist bomb, though, thousands of spectators will cheer the noise and smoke, for they will be witnesses to the annual Scopio del Caro explosion of the cart. For over 300 years, the Easter celebration in Florence has included this ritual, during which an elaborate wagon, a structure built in 1679 and standing two to three stories high, is dragged through Florence behind a fleet of white oxen decorated in garlands. The pageantry ends in the front of Basilica di San Maria del Fiore, where Mass is held. During the midday service, a holy fire is stoked by ancient stone chips from the Holy Specklicker. And the archbishop lights a dove-shaped rocket which travels down a wire and collides with a cart. A big bang ensures a good harvest and a parade in medieval costume follows. And I just want to let you know that allegedly, rumor has it, that it was Leonardo himself who actually came up with the... uh, dove-shaped rocket that is used during this uh, festival. Um, So there's a little bit of um, facts for you. Tradition and ritual play a strong role in Italian culture, especially during celebrations such as Easter. The Christian holiday based on the pagan festival called Yostar Mona. No matter what date Easter falls on, there are many ceremonies and culinary customs that are religiously upheld. Some traditions are regional, for instance, the art of palm weaving, in which decorated crosses and other designs are created from the palms received on Palm Sunday. And as a Catholic Italian American, I can tell you that I was always, always so jealous of the little old Italian ladies who could like weave her palms into like the most magnificent creations you ever they could like weave a fan I swear to you they would just do the most elaborate things and of course I just had my palms and they were just folded in half and hung someplace in my house um but some of these little Italian ladies I'm telling you their weave skills I I don't even know where they get them from because they just made these incredible things out of them so I think they get it from their grandmothers and was passed down it was not passed down to me unfortunately uh easter ceremonies in italy of course we talked about vatican city there are a series of solemn events that culminate in easter sunday mass during the spring holy days that center around the vernal equinox there are also many other rites practiced through the country that have their roots in historic pagan rituals in addition the money monday that follows easter is an official italian holiday called la pasquetta so if traveling be prepared for another day off in repose because it is a holiday although museums will be open um, a lot of restaurants uh, and shops may be closed um, in on Easter Monday in Tradizio, the Palio del Uvo is Ovo is a competition where eggs are the star of their games in Murano the course Rusticon are conducted fascinating races with a special breed of horses famous for their blonde manes ridden by youths wearing the local costumes of their town. Before the race, the participants parade through the streets of the town, followed by a band and folk dance groups. 
if you happen to be an Isha, uh, on Easter Monday, uh, they take place a dance which revives the fights against the Saracens. And in Carugino, uh on the Saturday before Easter is a procession dedicated to the Madonna Bel del Belvedere, during which a contest takes place. Banners must be hurled as far as possible. You got to hand it to the Italians. They're always doing something a little bit crazy. Um, on Easter Sunday, the Paki ceremony takes place. The statue of the Virgin and that of Jesus Christ are first taken to the main square and then into the church where they stay for a week. Uh, in the, the La Madonna Che Scapa in Piazza in the Bruzza region, in Salomona in the Bruzza region, celebrates Easter Sunday um, with people dressed in green and white, colors of peace, hope, and resurrection, and gather in the main piazza. The woman playing the Virgin Mary is dressed in black, and as she moves to the fountain, doves are released, and the woman is subtly dressed in green. Music and feasting follow. So that's kind of a cool uh, tradition. And uh, during the Holy Week in, on the island of Sardinia, the island of Sardinia is a part of Italy steeped in tradition and a good place to experience festivals and holidays because of its long association with Spain. Some Easter traditions, uh, Easter traditions are strongly linked to the Spanish Samata Santa, so you get a little bit of Spanish flavor in there as well. Um, Easter food, of course, since Easter is the end of Lent season, food plays a big part in celebrations. And, of course, what part of food is not included in any Italian celebration? In Italy, um, like I said before, they say you do Christmas with your family and Easter with your choice of own friends. It often implies sitting down to dinner that starts with a ministra di Pasqua, the traditional beginning of the Neapolitan Easter meal. Um, other classic Easter uh, recipes uh, that you might find at and a classic Easter Italian dinner are fried artichokes, uh, which are amazingly good, a main course of either roasted goat or baby lamb, uh, kids stewed with cheese, peas, and eggs, uh, a delicious vegetable side dish of sautéed artichokes with baby potatoes. Um, a holiday meal in Italy would not be complete without dessert. And like I told you earlier, uh, during Easter, there are several Italian children finish their dinner with a rich bread shaped like a crown instead of with colored Easter egg candies. La pastiera napoletana, like I told you, is the uh, regatta uh, Neapolitan green pie. Um, and... Uh, they are centrally old. It's a century old dish with innumerable versions, each made accordingly to a closely guarded family recipe. Uh, so if you have a nona uh, and you don't have her recipe, you should try to find out if she has one, if you happen to be Italian. Uh, Easter Monday, um, like I said, is La Pasquetta. On Easter Monday, some cities hold dances, free concerts, or unusual games, often involving, uh, often involving, involving eggs. In the Umbrian hill town of Penicale, cheese is the star. Rusalone is played by rolling huge wheels of cheese, weighing, uh, weighing about four kilos around the village walls. The object is to get your cheese around the course using the fewest number of strokes. Following the cheese contest, there is a band in the piazza and, of course, wine. Um, and uh, so it's doesn't stop. I mean, you can have a great Easter Sunday, but there's lots to do even on Easter Monday. But how fun would that be to um, 
to roll wheels of cheese down. I think that actually was an amazing race. I don't, I don't think it, was, it took place in Italy. I think it was in another cheese-making country in Europe someplace where one of the tasks that they had to do was roll cheeses down the down like an actual mountain It was a, or up the mountain. It was a lot harder than they everybody thought it was going to be. But that would be fun. And, uh, oh, it's talking about cheese. Just a side note. Um Make sure when you pick your cheese, if you're going to have pasta or macaroni, whatever you want to call it, um, and you're choosing cheese, Parmesan, Parmigiano Reggiano, make sure you get the real stuff. Don't bite in that, you know, jar that you can buy right off the shelf. Uh, because guess what? Uh, they have found out that even though uh, certain cheeses have said that they are 100% Parmesan Reggiano or just 100% Parmigiano, come to find out that's not exactly true. Uh, what really is true is that there is like 10 to 15 to 20% cellulose in them, which is used as a filler. Well, much to my surprise, uh, I didn't know what cellulose was until someone informed me that uh, cellulose is actually sawdust. So the next time you take out that Parmesan cheese in the little round container and you just shake it on your pasta, just remember you're having a little sawdust with your cheese. Now, I'm a person who likes, a, as my mother says, have a little cheese with your pasta because it's like literally 90% cheese and then, you know... 10% pasta, uh, don't do that. So go buy a nice little wedge of cheese. Don't be lazy and just grate that right there at your dinner table. It's so much better. Or go to the deli and get ones that have been pre, you know, done for you. But it's just actually right from the actual cheese wedge itself. No more shake Parmesan cheese or Pecorino Romano at all. Um, so don't do that. All right. So coming up in next week, we're going to be talking about uh, spring. And, you know, every season I have to go on our beauty trends. So beauty trends of 2016, what you need to do to get yourself ready for 2016 regarding fashion, what you need regarding beauty, hair, nails, makeup, you name it, we're going to be covering it in next week's show. Uh, as you know, it's been a long winter. Some of you are still kind of cold, but when you know winter is is you know it's going away and it's getting a little warmer. And uh, so I think that you will enjoy the show. We'll get some great uh, tips for skincare and some great new face masks that you can get stuff right out of your cabinet and kitchen and put a mask on and have great skin. So. Go check it out. So next week, all about beauty 2016. I think you will love it. I hope you enjoyed this show. I enjoyed sharing it with you. There's lots of great customs, especially in the Italian-American community as well, over in Italy as well. I hope all of you that might be traveling over there for Easter holiday have a great and safe trip. And uh, really enjoy these traditions that are so steeped in the Italian culture. They are amazing and beautiful, and they will bring you to tears, especially the solemn Good Friday ceremonies that are just really uh, just so touching to see the men go through the streets and just in complete silence. So take care, everybody. I want to thank my producer down in Texas. Thanks for helping me out for my show. We'll see you next week. This is Don Catherine. It's the La Bella Vita Show. We'll see ya.
Thank you for being a part of